0: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Just
1: quarantine here at the house. It's not really any
2: medicine or anything like that. I thought, you already know, told me about my, my breather changed, which they I drop off a little. I, I, honestly, Mike, I'm still new to this. This is like an hour. I'm not sure, but i, I, I tell you what, I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm in good spirit, though. Like, I'm, okay. I'm still blood. I'm still blood. I'm not feeling, like, sick or, like, anything okay. you know, like, like that. I just got, like, a little cough.
1: That is Vaughn Miller, who uh, recently was tested and diagnosed with COVID-19. Uh, so a very well-known NFL player uh, now has uh, the coronavirus. And, uh, of course, we know that firsthand here in Jacksonville with Tony Buscelli. Uh And then I think it was, what was his name, Brian Allen, the center uh, that, that uh, Glazer reported Correct. on? Correct, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that was a dramatic unveil for a very limited here, here I think the season's
0: going to get shut down the way he was trying
1: to hype up the whole thing. Yeah. And,
0: no, there's a backup court or a backup center that had it, which is
1: unfortunate, obviously. You don't yeah, want anybody to yeah. have it, but, Joey, <clears throat> I mean, come it, on. If we didn't think that an NFL player was going to get it, I mean, it would be a little naive here, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, uh, that was uh, Von Miller. You know, we have, I, I guess, heard less and less about, like, big figures and, you know, big names yeah. getting it. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's just... Well, maybe they're not they don't or have whether to they're ref- not coming out exactly and saying that they have it yeah. uh, you know uh, so it feels like it's less and less of that mm-hmm. uh, at least I don't know if that's reality or not all right, what is reality is the draft is less than a week away and it's mock draft season yeah, so we're going to do something here in a moment called shock the mock. But it's really just an introduction to a segment we are working on for next week that we want you to participate in. So get ready. Get your pens and papers ready. Well, you really don't need that. Uh, but we want you to participate. We'll tell you how in just a couple of moments. It also is, as I'm wearing the shirt, if you're watching the video feeds, Jacksonville Sharks Day here on Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. We continue to celebrate our local sports teams. We've done so with the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, the Jacksonville Iceman. We've done it with local golfers during Master's Week. We also did it with the University of North Florida and Jacksonville University on the college scene. So we have plenty more to do, but today is Jacksonville Sharks Day. It was great having Devin Wilson on just a short time ago, who you played against in mm-hmm. college. Uh, we will talk more about the Sharks. Uh, during the remainder of the show couple, a couple of few tidbits though about the sharks here's uh some that i got passed along inaugural season back in 2010 as part of the arena football league again arena ball has had a You know, a few different reincarnations, but it was the Arena Football League back then. Operated the AFL, how about this, with legendary rock icons Bon Jovi, Kiss, and one of the Sharks' former owners was Vince Neal from Motley Crue. Do you remember that? I had kind of forgotten about that. (laughs) But Vince Neal, with Motley Crue, was a part owner of the Jacksonville Sharks uh, in the last decade. So we'll, we'll share more about the Sharks here on Jacksonville Sharks Day. It's kind of, this would have been a little more appropriate during Sharks Week. Sure. Shark Week. But that's like in the fall or something, isn't it?
0: Uh yeah, it's, it's, it's actually yeah it's right before training camp late starts summer, yeah, yeah because I mean obviously during training camp that's something that keeps you occupied let's absolutely just say. All, yeah. right.
1: all right so shock the mock tell us about it this is your shock idea shock your mock and yeah I, I, you're probably mad at me because you wanted to do this tomorrow oh, and yeah. I said I kind of like this idea so what if we kind of introduce it today and we really get after it on air next week as part of a segment because I think it could be really fun yeah it's all good man so how this came to fruition was as as I'm reading mock drafts or
0: as I was Hearing the responses from Brent Martineau's pick yesterday regarding the number nine pick on Golik and Wingo, obviously probably 50%, if not more, of the people had an issue with it, right? So what I was going to do was shock your mock. Basically, I was going to go on Twitter on Saturday and say, hey, everybody, send me your mock drafts. And I'm going to tell you why your mock draft sucks, right? Because, th- <laughs> because this is draft season. No compliments <laughs> and, here. No, I, I was, I was not going to give any compliments whatsoever unless somebody was um, able to match my mock draft to the exact specifications of which I chose mine, which is not going to happen probably. So basically what I was going to say is, yeah, I mean, you know, there's criteria that I could have pulled out from my, you know what? But basically what I was going to do is say, you know what? Your your mock draft sucks. So that's what I was going to do on Saturday. We decided to implement it in the show. We got a little teaser here for today. And then Monday, uh, it's going to be all hands on deck. So what I want people to do or what we want people to do this weekend, send us your mock drafts. I'll, you know I'm gonna do my due diligence I'm gonna make some phone calls talk to some sources and by the time we get here on Monday throughout the entire week we'll do it the entire week until the draft actually starts I will tell you why your mock draft sucks and and, and and maybe Brent it can be a little good cop bad cop maybe Brent can come up pick the pieces and say well you know what I really
1: like this about your mock draft I really like that it's funny that you say that because before you got to this idea I was like hey next week we should have we should just pick out like what we think is the best mock draft for the jazz Sure. But then this twisted and this will play even better because you get to rip people. I like that. Uh, Speaking of. Yeah, I uh, mean, I can't wait to get to your mock. And by the way, you can send it in. The the beauty of our show is we're on so many different platforms. So, you know, you can call it in next week if you want that becomes a little bit more difficult because it's hard to digest. Mm-hmm. So it's easier if you, in the next few days, at any time, send them to us, whether it's Austin on Twitter, myself, ESPN 690. You can do it on Facebook. I think you can even share it. You can share that on YouTube, right, uh, in the in the comment section, right, Coos? Yeah, they can comment Yeah, it. so uh, you can share them, but that mm-hmm. way we get a hold of them and, and Austin can kind of digest them yeah. and uh, then rip them. So exactly. what I did just as a little teaser here, Stephen gave us his first five rounds, so we wrote that down. Mm-hmm. But we did one in the Action Sports Jacks TV department last week on our Action Sports Jacks primetime, which you can always catch 1030 on Fox 30, 1130 on CBS 47 Saturday and Sunday. What did you think of it? My honest opinion? Yes. So, uh, I like that. Well, I mean, hurry, well, no, go, you got to tell me and... why it sucks. Well, no,
0: I, I mean, but um, I'm going to be honest, though, Brett. I mean, go ahead and go through your your, your pick quick. We, we went through the first four
1: of these okay. on Monday. But let's, but let's just, go ahead and hit the repress. So, button. we had Jeffrey Akuda slip to us somehow. Judy Interesting. slipped to 20. There's no way it's happening. Antoine Winfield, Jr., at 42. Cole Komet, tight end at 73. Bradley Anae out of Utah, 116. Uh, these are the fourth-round selections. Lynn Bowden and Jack Driscoll, OT. Bowden is... A uh, wide receiver, mm-hmm. uh, Michael you out of Michigan is an interior offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Keyshawn Vaughn out of uh, Vanderbilt in the fifth round at running back. James Lynch an interior defensive lineman. Navel Clark a corner and Kamal Martin a linebacker in the last round. Okay, now let us know. Now that we've all digested those
0: names, Okuda, love it. Can't can't get enough of it. Judy. Eh. Careful now, Brent. Careful with Judy in the top 20. Careful. I mean, Listen, he's, this, he's not going to be there. This but. is how it shook out. We can't control the simulations. And then we get to the pick number 42, second round. Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota. Guy i watched play a lot. Arguably a strong safety. Can play both spots, but probably going to be a strong safety. Brent, your, your mock draft sucks, and here's why. <laughs> Because you have failed to address the biggest need of the Jacksonville Jaguars in any of your picks, in any of the rounds, you have not addressed addressed interior defensive lineman. What's up, man?
1: Uh, I did in like the seventh. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean,
0: I, I guess we didn't get to that guy.
1: Who was who? Who was that poor soul that's going to come I in know. and replace Clance Campbell? Listen, here's the thing, and we said this on Monday in my mock draft. In this mock draft that we did, mm-hmm. we went in with the intention of big fellas. Sure you but CUDA fell to us, and then Judy was there at 20. Sure, he was. So it changed it. Okay. Do you want interior defensive linemen, or do you want Akuda and Judy? Yep. Um,
0: pick number 73. So that would be the third round. Cole Komet, tight end, Notre Dame. Sucks. Delvers. Okay. Sucks. I mean, I mean, I'm sure he's going to be a great player, and he's got a promising future. But let's be honest, Brent, it's a tight end position. How many rookie tight ends come in right away and make a big difference? Not too many. Once again, you have failed to establish that you would indeed need an offensive lineman, first of all, with this pick. And number two, you can also get an interior defensive lineman. You don't pick it. Not there. We're 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 going the fourth round right now and we haven't addressed needs. We we've addressed the corner spot, but we have not addressed interior defensive linemen and we haven't addressed offensive linemen. Mm.
1: Okay. So that's why it stinks. Yep. Shock the mock. There you that go. will be it. Sorry, on, man. Uh next week. Send them in. And here's the deal. Uh, I just got a question from Josh. Do you, is it how many rounds is it? So well, you can send us <sighs> how many you want. If you want yeah. the first four picks, if you want the first four rounds. Steven just sent in the first five rounds. Yeah. Uh, if you want all of it, that's fine. Obviously the back end is a little bit more difficult to to diagnose, you're probably going to get criticized and ridiculed for whatever you do in the first yep. four rounds, more so than any. Like I just did. And then Brent's going to come by and scoop up the pieces and give you some encouragement, I you will. know, and probably give you
0: a nice little gift basket, a little yeah. edible arrangement. We'll be and like peanut to butter and jelly. I there don't know God. which one
1: you are, but that will be next week for sure. Uh, uh, Uncrustables galore. The, <laughs> what about Stevens? He asked. He called in. Yeah, he did. He gave us the first five rounds. Yeah. What do you think? I what I what jumps out to me? at Steven. If I was like you, yeah, I'd be like Trevon did. Diggs, really, at number 20? And, and here we are, Brent. <laughs> Sucks. Do you know why?
0: <laughs> because Trevon Diggs could be a great player going forward, but I think he's going to be a system guy. Right where he's not that bad in press coverage. I think he's going to excel in a cover three defense, but he's going to be a system fit kind of guy. I want my corner in the first round to be able to go play a guy on the outside, play a guy on the inside, play a guy on the boundary, a guy that can do it all. And I'm not sure if Diggs coming out of Alabama as a first-year guy is able to do that. I think you have to tailor more of your defense to him, and that's why I don't like him in the first round with the 20th pick.
1: All right. that is shock the mock and send them in to us all weekend long, and we'll do this all next week. Uh, We'll pick from some that we get and see how you did. I also would like to, out of that mess, be able to pick what I think would be the best one for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So send them in, and um, we'll have fun with it next week as we get closer and closer to the draft. While we're on this topic, we might as well stay here. Okay. I picked number 20 (laughs) in the Golic and Wingo mock draft coming up Monday. Stakes. Have never been. They've higher, never by the been way. higher. I'm nervous. Uh, I would be too. Here's what you have to know, right? Mm-hmm. Who is left? Mm-hmm. Who's on the board? All four offensive linemen are gone. I noticed that. We did the first eight picks. I picked Kinlaw at number nine. So the two defensive tackles gone. Oh, chef's kiss. Wide receivers. Two of them that have the top three are gone, and actually Justin Jefferson went ahead of CD Lamb.
0: Yeah. Well, and keep in mind, Ruggs is gone, too. And Ruggs. Ruggs is the first. Well,
1: but Ruggs is in the three-wide receiver mix that most people think. Sure, sure. But, I think but he, he went, went number, first. Yeah, he went first.
0: I'm not sure if there's marijuana being like a thing in Arizona or whatever it is. But, okay. I'm not sure if they <laughs> I mean, legalize it there. It's, it's, it's probably, probably a thing everywhere. I think it's a thing everywhere. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> CBD. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah.
1: The the quarterbacks, it's Herbert and Tua and, and Burrow gone. Uh, Chase Young gone. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Love, I think, is still on the board. I you're think. right. Yeah. yeah, no, he is. Uh, defense uh, Brown's gone. Uh, Cornerback wise, CJ Henderson and Akuda are gone. So essentially, where do I go at 20? Mm-hmm. Now, I still have 17, 18, and 19 before me. I don't know what they're picking. Yes. But C.D. Lamb is still out there. Mm-hmm. You brought up a good point. Judy went to the Raiders at number 12. Correct. They're not going wide receiver again. They picked 19. No, with no. the Dolphins, with number 18 pick, will they go after a wide receiver? They could. The Cowboys, with the 17 pick, will they go there? Or would somebody end up trading up? But for mock drafts, we're not doing trades. Correct. So I guess Lamb could fall to me based on the scenarios, well, I kind of feel like Miami might jump in and get them. Because if they just got 2 why wouldn't you put them with Lamb?
0: Yeah, especially since the offensive line's off the board, too, as well.
1: Yeah. Maybe. So yeah. where do you go? The mm-hmm. Jags, I pick defensive tackle. Rule that out, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, we're not going quarterback. Potentially receiver because we know the depth's strong. So even if Lamb's not there, I could go AOK or one of those kind of guys, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jefferson is gone, too. Offensive tackle... How much do you think – Do you, could you go with Austin Jackson, the kid out of USC? That's in play if I want to beef up the line. Mm. Edge rusher is where it gets really interesting, mm-hmm. and I think corner. Corner, there are a lot of guys kind of in the same category, but not in Henderson and Akuda's category. Correct. So – and then the edge rushers, I think, are fascinating. Mm. Kalevon Chason Mm -hmm. out of LSU. I think he's a big risk reward guy. Then you have Epinesa out of Iowa, Mm -hmm. who is, I think, solid, but ceiling is probably not as high as others. Mm -hmm. But you kind of know what you're going to get and you feel good. Brent's doing his homework here. I like it. And then uh, it's uh, uh, what's a gross? Give me the kid out of Penn State. Gross Matos? Yes, yes. Gross Matos. From Penn State. I want to make sure. Yeter y- y- Gross uh yeah. I think is how you say it. Yeah. Uh, let me make sure I got it. It's a three name. Yeah. Um, and he is about, He's as fascinating man as you get. Mm-hmm. So would you be interested in that, even though I just went defensive tackle? Yeah. So I'm not going to give who I'm going to pick, obviously, because no. once again,
0: we've, we have the envelope here that we'll be opening up on Monday with my prediction of who Brent's going to take and who he should have taken. But you mentioned three interesting names for edge rushers and then for pass rushers. And if you want to look at it right now, Yannick Ngakwe, we don't know. right? But let's be honest, going forward in the future, he's not going to be here regardless. So you eventually have to plan for it. Why not a better way to plan for it right now than in this draft? so uh Ch- Ch- chase on right yep yep so chase
1: on chase on so Fun name to say
0: because I, I i've watched film and all those three get the three guys that you mentioned there chase on to me i like your analysis here where he's kind of like the ultimate boomer bust kind of guy um i think in terms of explosiveness in terms of footwork i think he is the second best edge rusher in those terms next to chase young i think he's got a great get off um The guy just flies off the line, had an ACL uh, two years ago, seems to be 100% recovered from that. Kind of, I guess, history has shown a little bit that the past couple years, LSU guys have done pretty well in the NFL in terms of edge rushing, so I like that. Um, He's definitely an intriguing prospect, man, and he's got the length, he's got the size. And especially where you can kind of bring him along a little bit. Like you don't need him to be an every-down kind of guy, especially if Yannick Ngakou is going to be here this year. You bring him along, put him in on third down, and watch him go to work.
1: Yeah, so here's the deal. I think good good call on those guys. I, I, it's funny, when I read it, I feel like Epinesa gives me this solid base.
0: So, yeah. So
1: here, like, I feel like that's a safe pick at 20. Where I'm gonna get a production and I might need it, you know. Yeah. I mean I, you can't have enough big guys, you can't have enough defensive linemen, and you're trying to replace Calais Campbell. Yeah. And that would be that side, right? I mean yep. you'd think he'd play that kind of end. Yep. And it does give you flexibility with Jan. You know, it gives it gives you a little I mean, you really if, if they pick an edge guy, whether it is Gross Matos, whether it is Epinesa, whether it is Chase On, is that almost like a checkmate to Jan? It's like, Hey, we got all the picks we need. Yeah. we now got a guy that we've got bodies. Yep. We love to have you play, man. Mm -hmm. Play on the tag or not? Yeah. No, I mean, that's absolutely like,
0: hey, we're all in, so deal with it. Either you come out and play for us or we're going to move on. We'd love to have you here to kind of teach the young guys a little bit, but if you want to do your own thing, so be it. I I absolutely agree with you there. In terms of A.J. Epinesa, and this is a guy I've watched a lot because, keep in mind, a guy from my high school is the starting middle linebacker for Iowa. So I watched a lot of Iowa footage this year. Um, You know, by the
1: way, that was a shout out to you the other day, wasn't it? Oh yeah, man!
0: I uh, saw that. I the, the hotbed of uh, high school football. That's I know, cool. Yeah, and we're going do- to get that guy on. Who's other oh, the, the 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 author or the guy that's getting in the like, possibly drafted the, draft- the linebacker for, yeah. right Yeah, he gave a shout else. out to you. Well, no, that wasn't him. So it was an, uh, an author. Like oh, a, that was the actual writer yeah, yeah, of was the a writer. story that
1: gave. Okay, correct, okay. Correct. I, I misread that.
0: Yeah, but, but but they're talking about the middle linebacker from my high school. I got you. Yeah, I got yeah. you. Well, so, we still should
1: get him on. Let's get him
0: on, man. I mean, we could talk about Worms, we could talk about Epinesa, so I'll see if he's available. Let's man. do it. Yeah. So, in terms of Epinesa, you know, go back to the combine, and you hear about his, uh, his pro day a little bit. The numbers do not fly off the page, right? The 40-yard dash is one thing. Five-something, not good, okay? The 10-yard split, not the best either. But as I always say, to build a pass rusher, you need three things, all right? You need a get-off, which is the foundation. You need a move area, which is like when you're in space and you work that pass rush move, and you need a finish. Epinesa's foundation may never be as much as Chason's. It, It may never be as much as a premier speed guy. But watching filming up Man, his hits number one, his hand violence number two, and then the third phase, the the roof, his ability to finish and play with kind of kind of mean streak, he has that in spades.
1: That's okay. That's a great. I mean, it's like I mean that's what I've read about him. It's oh, cool. Right on the awesome. money. Awesome. Doesn't so, have the quick first step like you just said. Doesn't
0: have the quick first step, and that's a, that's apparent, right? But he makes up for it with violence um, and finish. His so he's played three technique a little bit and he's played defensive end as well. I think if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and you're talking about versatility, depending what your defense is gonna bring to the table, if you switch it a lot, Epinesa could really benefit from like a three four defensive end, I feel like. He put a little more weight on, and I think he flourishes there. Um, you know, kinda like that big end Calais Campbell type even. Um the thing with Epinesa that reminds me a lot of another guy, especially because Epinesa's got this great move, especially from a defensive end position, where he works like an outside, he flips his hips, and then he comes around with kind of like this little spin move. It reminds me of Tyson Alualu, Because Tyson Alualu out of the combine wasn't the fastest guy, but he had great hips and he had great footwork and he had a great finish. Now, I think in terms of the difference between Tyson Alualu and Epinesa is the fact that Epinesa, I think he's even got more of a burst you know when he beats his guy as opposed to Tyson. Tyson's still a great player, obviously. He's still in the league for a reason. But a lot of shades with his footwork, with his hips, with his hand balance of Tyson Alwal.
1: Interesting. I don't know if that will endear the fans. going to make that. people feel good about it. But. No. Uh, but here's so I. I think these are three different guys. By the way, the Gro- Gross Matos. If you yeah. look at his numbers, I really like his numbers. If you like production, he was productive in high school with sacks, he was pro- uh, which is totally different, but he produ- he's really gets better and better at Penn State. Yeah. And I think last year he had something like, uh, maybe it was like 14 or 13 tackles for loss and I think nine and a half sacks or eight and a half sacks. Mm-hmm. Really good, productive player. So you know, like that. Yeah. And another guy, I think, I think he can kind of move around a bit, can be a bit versatile. So I just don't know how I feel well, about going defensive end. After defensive tackle in the first round, it's just not my gaping hole. But, again, big bodies, big bodies. I said I really want to try those 300-pound guys if I can. The offensive linemen are off the board other than Austin Jackson out of uh, USC. And I guess he would be interesting if the Jags, but it feels like a bit of a reach. So here's the, the, I guess, kind of the
0: ironic thing about this. I would make an argument right now that Chase on is probably the, the number two guy right now as an edge rusher. Behind Chase Young, but he's also probably the guy that you have to pigeonhole the most. Where you know what he's going to do. He's either going to be a three-four outside linebacker, or he's going to be that defensive end. But when it comes to like nickel packages and, and, and pass rush packages, you don't want to put him in three technique. All right, you you don't want to do. I think even a lot of stunts. With, I mean, he he does well in the stunts, but overall in an, in an NFL defensive scheme, keep him on the outside. Okay. The guy uh, is he the
1: closest to Jan? Correct.
0: Okay. okay. Well, the, 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 him and then there's a guy from actually. Uh, Notre Dame, that's uh kind of close to Jan, too, but he's gonna go in later rounds. Gross Matos, on the other hand, a lot like Epinesa. Gross Matos, his numbers to me are a little deceiving because if you watch Penn State football, the guy was everywhere. He was playing three technique, they put him at the nose for whatever reason. I don't I can't explain he's that. Not one. as big for a no- he, as that. No. And then he also played defensive end. Um to me So here's the thing about him. He's got the alt, like, he, he's got a pedigree, he's got, he's got the get-off, he's got the skill set, but you need to ask yourselves, can you mold him? Okay? Because he's not as complete as Epinesa's, I don't think. Okay? Now, like, the, 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 this guy's finished, this guy's get-off, this guy's like, boldness, way better than, uh. But it it just begs the question, what do you want? Do you kind of want more of a sure thing, um, a dependable thing, or do you want a guy to come in, you groom him a little bit, and you turn him loose?
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. By the way, uh, Gross Matos stories. Uh, Oh, man. Have you seen that? I mean, his dad died when he was two years old in a boating accident. His brother died when he was 11, got hit by lightning, struck by lightning. yeah uh, yeah, yeah, unbelievable what uh, that young man has already gone through so i'm thinking defensive ends possibility What does it do it it secures me from the yawn whatever happens it checkmates yawn at least from a leverage standpoint although that wouldn't be the reason i would pick him i think that's too emotional and, and a dumb reason to do it but it would do it uh and i also think you can't have enough. You just can't have enough. And I, I would lean toward the most versatile guys more so than maybe even chase on because yeah. he might be less versatile. But if I'm replacing Jan potentially, well, he might replace Jan potentially.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of this has to do to me of what Todd Wash plans on doing this defense this year. I mean, if we were to know that, we'd have a better guess. We don't know right now. We can assume there's probably gonna be some shade, some differences. So I kind of agree with you. Where I'd probably take a guy that's more versatile. But I mean if you want to replace Sean, then Chase
1: On's the guy. Couple other things. Uh the linebackers are available, like the Patrick Queens in the world. I don't get it. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't I'm not even entertaining it. Uh DeAndre Swift could be is a guy that's going to be available there. It's intriguing to me, mm-hmm. depending on what you plan to do with Fournette, but it's too high. It's too hot. I'm not going first-round running back, Okay. even though I really like DeAndre Swift. really okay. do. I mentioned Austin Jackson. I think it's a reach for him at offensive line. Uh, it's not a plug-and-play situation, most likely, uh, in that spot. So there's two other positions, along with edge rusher mm-hmm. that comes into play at 20. That is wide receiver. And you have, listen, if Lamb falls to me at 20 on Monday, it's going to be really hard to pass him up. I just don't know if he's getting by Miami. I got a feeling I know the way the Miami guys are thinking. We're going to get Tua, and we're going to get him a wide receiver and Lamb. I don't think he gets by Miami at number eighteen, so I'm not planning on him. This is what's fascinating. You got to predict what other people might do, right? Correct. But there's also like the AI kid. Some people love him absolutely love them. so pick your favorite receiver and does that make sense at 20 for the Jags? i would say yeah i think <sighs> it does but you could also get another one at 42 that you might really like i just don't know where the separation is
0: of course yeah listen uh I, I know that i kind of ripped stevens T. draft too, a little by bit. The way, too. T higgins too and i know i kind of ripped uh steven's draft a little bit but we actually we had the same uh second round pick in Pittman from usc okay um that guy, I think, could be very special yeah. if he goes to the right team because he's a big body guy. Because once again, I'm coming from the philosophy of, yeah, there's a lot of great receivers out there, but what great receiver is going to work well with Jacksonville? What great receiver is going to work well with Jay Gruden? And what great receiver is going to work well with uh, Gardner Minshew? So to me, you know, there's always a the possibility you can wait till the second round, even the third round, because there's so much depth there. Um, and you want to do good by Garner Minshew. You want to give him another weapon because you want to see Garner Minshew with all the cards in his deck. You, you don't want to shortchange the kid at all. So I can see you,
1: you taking a wide receiver with that pick. Higgins is so intriguing. We've talked about yeah. him before. Why? Because he's different than any receiver the Jacksonville Jaguars have. Correct. He gives you something different. Yeah. And I like the idea of that. I think it comes with some concern as well, depending on what you read as of, of late, right? Uh, you read something, I think, out of Buffalo or whatever yeah, that's yeah. like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, but still, I think Higgins is a, a highly touted prospect, and he makes you different, and I give a weapon, so I don't mind it.
0: Well, keep in, uh, keep in mind, too, a red zone weapon, right? Because right now, in terms of tight ends, you have Tyler Eifert, you have Josh Oliver. Can Tyler Eifert stay healthy? Can Josh Oliver make that transition? If two of those answers are no, then you you have no big guy for red zone threat, and Jay Gruden likes to use that. So then, why not give yourself a big wide receiver?
1: Okay. So lastly, by the way, uh, there's another position. I'm think I'm leading oh, defensive sure. end, uh, uh, wide receiver group, or this group, and that's corner. Mm-hmm. And now you have a uh, you have depth, but is it too high to pick a guy at 20? Jalen Johnson, uh, AJ Terrell out of Clemson, those kind of guys come to mind. Um, they'll be on. The, there's a lot to go here. Sure. And, and let me finish this with, as I pick number 20 and I see what happens before me on Monday on Go Look and Wingo, it'll be on ESPN 690 from 6 a.m. till 10 a.m. I'll probably pick around 9.15, 9, or so. Uh, I think I will, my guess, and this 20 pick has not been talked about as much as I think it should be. I get a 50% rate that they move from this slot okay. in the draft, maybe even more. Move, I really, move up or down? I feel like they'll move down, but okay. I feel like they move either way. And I think they're moving down because of everything we just said. Why, you could take Gross Matos at 27, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, you could maybe take Epinesa there. Yeah. You could maybe take one of these quarters or one of these receivers. I think the Jaguars will try their darndest to move out of 20. Mm-hmm. Not nine, as many people are speculating, but 20. Mm -hmm. I think there's maneuverability there. Now, could it be to go up and get somebody like a baby jump in front of Miami and trade with the Cowboys and go get lamb? Sure. Maybe they value lamb more than anybody. And he's there at 17. Say, hey, let's go get him. Could be. I think it's all likelihood they'll go back and drop into the mid 20s. And pick up another pick along the way, maybe in the second round, third round, wherever that might be, and start compiling some more ammunition to maybe even move a lot. I think the Jags are going to be big. When you have 12 picks and seven in the top four rounds and two first-rounders next year and Yannick Ngakwe, the Jags figure to be some big-time movers and shakers in this draft uh, coming up here uh, on Thursday. So I really believe there's a 50% chance or greater that they don't pick at number 20. Okay, And I've never really been that like, uh, just that committed to the Jaguars moving yeah. from a pick. yeah. But I think this one just make it has all the writing on the wall to move. Once the top 15 guys are gone, top 16 guys, there's that next group that kind of hides all together. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you pick 20, 24, and with all the Jags' needs, I think they'll find somebody that they like in about the same group.
0: Fantastic. So, how are we feeling right now? I mean, are we feeling more confident? We just talked about some stuff for that 20 no, pick, or I'm are you not. so
1: nervous? No, I'm nervous because I, I feel like <laughs> I have three, four, five, six, seven. I will say at least a legit seven players that I can pick from, and maybe even goes up to nine or ten of them. That's I hope too so, because
0: we didn't even talk about my guy that I wanted you to take, so. <laughs>
1: I wonder who that is uh, Well I guess we'll find out on Monday <laughs> I have more homework to do uh, Yeah you do And we continue to celebrate the Jacksonville Sharks When we come back Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690
2: uh, be- Between Trey, Rashawn,
1: uh, Perry Nickerson Who we felt really came on late last year And DJ we feel like we got four four guys there And, and four guys, three of the four guys Can, can play inside a, at the nickel spot too Listen, the Jags are kidding everybody if they really like their cornerback depth. They're kidding themselves if they really like it. They need help in this draft, no doubt about it. It's a weak spot. But how about this, man? You want to talk about changing your secondary from the way it looks right now? What if, just a what if, and a plausible one. Mm -hmm. Do you like the idea? Of Jan for Jamal Adams in some kind of trade. You get the safety from the Jets. Very, very good player. And by the way, I I think this was the Chicago draft. I want to say it was Chicago, but it might have been the Philly one. Uh, Either way, I was there for it. I've been to all of them, uh, really, in the last like decade, I, I think. And they loved Jamal Adams. There was some talk that the Jags were going to take Jamal Adams. And they obviously didn't. But I know they like him, and that means Caldwell would have liked him. Mm -hmm. Do you like the idea of Jan for Adams in some capacity? And then just think about what you could do to a secondary right now that just everybody – it's so glaring because they lost Boye and Ramsey. Well, what if I told you they have (laughs) or they get DJ Hayden, Mm -hmm. Trey Herndon coming off a a promising – year, Jamal Adams, some rendition of Ronnie Harrison and Jared Wilson back there, let's just say Ronnie, and they add a corner at number 20, the Jalen Johnson kid. I don't think Henderson's going to slip down there, and I really don't think Akuta's dropping a nine, so that's unrealistic, mm-hmm. but I guess it's plausible. Um, so now, you know, you go from this, whoa, their secondary's a mess, mm-hmm. to... Well, you got a pro bowl guy in Jamal Adams, you got DJ Hayden who plays like one, and you got a kid coming out of the draft, a young kid in in the Johnson kid or Terrell or one of them that's highly touted. You've got Herndon who now doesn't have to play that top spot and the domino effect there is he could be productive playing the number 2 guy. Mm-hmm. And then you have Harrison, who some people are really mixed on. Some people don't like Harrison. I think he still has a chance to be a really good football player. I think so, too. Uh, and keep
0: in mind, if Jamal Adams comes in, you're taking away Harrison's spot. I know. That's See, the that's side. the
1: spot. Can you move Harrison to free? He has played free. They yeah. they will bounce around. Yeah. And I'm just feeling like Harrison there rather than Jared Wilson uh, from an athletic standpoint, from an upside standpoint, but maybe yeah. it is Wilson. So mm-hmm. whatever you want to say, sure. yeah,
0: I mean, I mean, we can both agree Jamal Adams is an upgrade from you know Harrison right now, regardless of where he's at.
1: So so essentially, you go from saying, hey, Trey Hernan's our number one guy right now, and we lost AJ Boye and Ramsey to saying we actually added a pro bowl safety and we added the top 20 pick yeah so well, name your guy but we added the top 20 pick that makes it look a lot better you cleaned up your secondary in a hurry
0: it's not too bad at all and keep in mind i mean you're still taking on jamal adams rookie contract
1: right so now you, he's going to want more
0: well here's the thing so he's coming in you know so the, whatever the base salary is 825,000 with the bonus and so whatever that is okay it's a couple million dollars i think around the roster probably 2 million 3 million at the very most that's cool Fine. I think you you have the 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 option to sign him for the f- fifth year, right? Mm. But I mean, he's going to want a new deal, like you said. I think you're going to rip it up. Yeah, and it's going to be you're, cheaper you're than happens, the odds would have been. He's going to want that. Yeah. So essentially, what you're doing here, Brent, is you're you're trading away Yannick Ngakwe, who's obviously in terms of a new deal, for Jamal Adams, who's you know in terms of a, of a new deal. So to me, I mean, that's a pretty fair trade off. Now, the big question is the position, though, right? You're you're trading. Um, you know, Jamal Adams 24 years old. Love the age, obviously. Yannick Gakwe, 25 years old. So age very comparable. So once again, it's kind of a wash. But the biggest thing going forward, Brent, is you're trading a premier pass rusher for a premier strong safety. Right now, I would make an argument to say Jamal Adams is a lot. You know, if you want to rank strong safeties, Jamal Adams. I mean, one, two, or three. At the very you know least, I mean, probably one or two. If you want to rank Yannick Ngakwe in terms of pass rushing, I mean, as an edge rusher, yeah, you know, maybe top 10, you know, but it's going to be layered towards the, the top 10. So you get more value there with Jamal Adams, but it just begs the question of how much do you value a strong safety compared to a premier pass rusher?
1: Well, again, here's the thing you got to consider, though. I would say pass rusher. would mm-hmm. I would rather give Yann a $100 million deal than probably Jamal Adams a $75 million deal. I don't know where they are, but yeah, yeah. You, you get my point. Mm-hmm. But the likelihood of giving you on that $100 million deal or $90 million deal or wherever you want to put it in the neighborhood of... It's not happening. It doesn't look like it's happening. Mm-hmm. So cut your losses and go get a pro bowler. And and by the way, I I wonder if the Jags could work on something more there. I wonder if they could even jump from number 20 to number 11 for the Jets yeah. and package some other things in there because of what you just said. I mean, we're all... Pass rusher is a way more premium spot than safety. Yep. Way more. Yep. So... If you're thinking already that Jan should cover a first round pick and then some and a lot of people have said a first round pick and a player, mm-hmm. well maybe then the Jags can put their third round pick along with Jan to the Jets to move up to number eleven and get Jamal Adams. Yeah. You know, something like that. I don't I don't well, know where the value lies, but mm-hmm. you get my point. So can you get creative like that? Now you're making two players happy. You're making teams not having to deal with unhappy players. You're getting really good players, and both are going to have to need extensions, so you're going to shell out some dollars. And if the Jags really value the premium premium nature of, of the pass rusher position, you jump up, and now, well, I'd love that if you could get a ninth and 11th pick uh, in the first round instead of a, a 9 and a 20. Yeah, listen, th- this isn't me to advocate I don't want to have Jamal Adams here because I absolutely do want
0: to have Jamal Adams in Jacksonville, okay? I think, uh, yeah, we talk about the premier pass rushing spot. I mean, that's huge, right? The, the, that can turn a whole game around. But don't forget, though, Jamal Adams especially from a strong safety spot, you think back to some of the great defenses and the strong safety, Brent, it's all about attitude, right? It's all about that, um, you know, just that aura about them. And Jamal Adams is one of those guys. So if you have a chance to bring in a you know, a first-team all-pro kind Jamal Adams, that toughness, um, that intensity – that's going to transpire in the whole locker room, and that's going to be contagious. And that's what you want, right? And if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, you want to start a new culture. You, you want to start on a new foot and everything. And, that's your, and that's if you're Shad Khan, you want that. If you're Doug Marone, you want that. If you're Todd Wash, you want that. And I think Jamal Adams provides that in spades. The biggest thing is, though, can you get the
1: right deal for him? Absolutely. Who would the Jags pick instead of Jamal Adams? Who would they have been? Jalen Ramsey would have been 16. So in 17, who would the Jags pick uh, in the first round? uh Josh Allen was nineteen, was last year. uh Taven Bryan in eighteen. Oh, Fournette. Fournette. <laughs> yeah. Now people. Now listen, I, I again, I, I understand the Watson and all the other stuff. I don't think Adams is in that conversation again. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll say it. But here's the Shags thing: why the AFC th- Championship game with Jamal Adams? Yeah, no, for sure.
0: But like, why doesn't Fournette say, "Hey, let's get Jamal Adams here"? You know, like, I mean, they're, they're former teammates. Do they get along? Like, I, come no, on. I
1: actually, I think they really do. I think they're good buddies. Fournette, get on ESPN and start campaigning for him to come to Jacksonville, please. Well, but then you have to say, yeah, trade him for Jan. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. But, you know, it's kind of a foregone conclusion, Brent. Yeah, Maybe that's a little bit of a part of it. So, um, you know, why does this make more sense to me than, than others? The Jets need a pass rusher. I think it makes more sense to you from a couple reasons. Number one, yes. It, it's the
0: need, right? Like we talk about, you know, does Philly want Yannick Ngakwe? Does Washington want Yannick Ngakwe? Well, I mean, I, I can make arguments, especially for Washington, where they don't need a pass rusher. I mean, yeah, they, they get a Chase Young for sure, but Yannick Ngakwe, I'm not sure. Well, they already have Carrigan,
1: yeah, and they they can have Chase Young, and they've got Sweat, Monte Sweat. So it really Washington well, what is doesn't going to be running over there a, a, a four defensive end look. Yeah, Washington doesn't make a lot of sense. Not at all.
0: Not at all. But New York definitely does, Brent, and um. I think in terms of, once again, the trade value, right, where you took Yannick Ngakwe in the third round, all right, and you're talking about how you want to get a first-round pick for him at least, if not more. Well, I'm here to tell you right now, Jamal Adams, Brent, and if you pay him a new contract, so be it as a safety position, but Jamal Adams is a first-round pick, right? He is worth Absolutely. that first-round yeah. thing. So that's, to me, why it's so intriguing, and at least from my standpoint. I think that's why it makes so much
1: sense. Yeah, I, I do, too. I think it makes it's called a value, lot of sense, but- yeah. I think uh, it just—I don't know how bad the situation is with Adams. The report out today is that Adams not going to show up for any of the voluntary stuff on Zoom <laughs> or what? Well, I think in <laughs> what are general, we talking about? Whether it is on Zoom or oh, not. Okay. I mean, he, he wouldn't <laughs> have anyway. You yeah, know, he's yeah, that yeah. unhappy. Sure. Uh, again, I mean, that's not that—that's—that's that's not that red flag. You know, I mean, obviously, Jan didn't either. But if they had been able to come to terms in some way, shape, or form, now mm-hmm. got downhill in a hurry after that. That's not an indicator like, oh, we we don't want this guy or or whatever. So I uh, I like the idea of it. I still don't love the idea of getting rid of Jan. I mean, I really don't. It's a premium position. I think yeah. it puts you – what it does is create another hole. To be honest with you, the Jags in their safety positions, they are certainly upgradable, but it's not a hole. It's not a problem. Yet. And so Jan – Being gone, in my mind, creates a hole because I want the perfect world, and the perfect world is Josh Allen and Jan Mm -hmm. for however long, but especially in 2020. So that's why I'm hesitant. I I get it. I think there's a logic to it. I think it would make some sense, and I'm sure there would be some other compensation thrown in here one way or another. But I just have a hard time putting my arms around it because I just don't feel like safeties win championships. And I think pass rushers – uh, let's just say win games because yeah, the Jags yeah. are far from a championship. <laughs> yeah. But win games and pass rushers do.
0: But I'll, you know you're right. But but I'll say this though, Brent, safeties can turn a whole, a whole team around and safeties can turn a whole culture around. Okay, now they may not be making the most plays, especially at strong safety, but that character just it, it breeds, man. I'm telling you, it's contagious and that's what you want on a football team. And I get it. I don't see how I can gawkway leave either, man. I want to have Josh Allen and Yannick Ngakwe for the next whatever years, man. Like, that's, that's the thing. Like, that's, that's the hot ticket. But I'm also realist and I just, I do not see it happening. Keep in mind, Brent, with that 20 pick, you know, in the first round, or if they trade up or trade back, whatever it is. There are some pass rushers that are available now. Are they going to be Yannick Ngakwe? There's no way of telling quite yet. But there, there are intriguing guys you can put in there and be like, you know what? We got Josh Allen, who obviously had a great season last year, and now we have, you know, this so-and-so rookie. I like the Jaguars' chances going
1: forward. All right, a couple of thoughts here, by the way. Uh, Matt says Leonard and Shark would probably be on board with getting Jamal Adams. LSU guys, a lot of LSU guys in the mix, whether it's the draft <laughs> or out there. It's, it's, it's wild. I mean, they continue to put out such great talent. Go Tigers. Uh, Stevie Sachs says in a heartbeat. Uh, quarantined Kenny says absolutely, but won't happen. Mm-hmm. Tim says yes, if the Jets do that, you do it and never regret it. Think of great defenses. Seahawks, Thomas. Ravens, Reed. Patriots, McCourty. Preach. Eagles, Jenkins. Preach. Steelers, Palomalu. Safety is vital to a defensive. Winning a title, all right. You can well, convince me with yeah,
0: that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think. The Chiefs what they had uh,
1: Matthew. Uh, yeah, they had uh, the Honey Badger. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty notable. Not bad. That's pretty. It's yeah. more notable than wide receivers that are studs. <laughs> yeah, for sure. that. For sure, that's pretty. That's impressive. Uh, jets need a lot. Uh, Matt says, uh, Josh says, I think Jan might like it too. The New York market with the opportunity thinks he deserves to showcase his skill set. Derek says, heck yeah, you take that deal. Have fun with Adam Gase. Yeah, I don't know if uh, it would happen. All right. uh, We are celebrating the Jacksonville Sharks here on a Friday edition of Action Sports on ESPN 690. Part of our local sports celebration. All the local teams uh, during this uh, pause in the sports world. And that includes uh, the Jacksonville Sharks the defending NAL champions. And uh, we welcome into the program right now Coach James Fuller, the head coach of the Jacksonville Sharks. He was the assistant coach of the year a year ago. Now he's the head man. What's happening, Coach?
2: Hey, I'm just trying to stay out of the way. How y'all doing? Good. I hope you
1: and your family are doing well uh, during these uh, crazy, wild times. Uh, how are How are you guys handling it from an organizational perspective?
2: You know, it's it's been tough, you know, but uh, we've got a great organization. Guys have been doing it a long time. So uh, we're just trying to look at every scenario, you know, just trying to map out uh, things as the days go by, just kind of be ready for anything. And everything is as the weeks and, and the months have passed, we're just just trying to figure out a way, I think, like everybody else is.
1: James Filler with us, uh, coach of the Jacksonville Sharks. So, what are you, What like, what would you be doing now? Like, what are you missing? <laughs> and what can you do? I guess, how do you replace? Uh, what is the latest uh, in terms of the entire
2: uh, season? Well there's a bunch of different scenarios we've been banging around you know just it all kind of depends on when we get the go ahead you know government wise uh state wise um to be able to make the moves you know if it if it starts in June, you know we got a plan for that you know if it starts a little bit later than that um we got plans for that you know the big thing is trying to get everybody on board scheduling wise uh with the arenas um and not everybody you know has the ability like we do in Jacksonville um to change dates around and things like that so i think you know the biggest issue is really just trying to get everybody on board schedule wise so we can uh figure out when we when we do get the green light um you know how we're going to handle it. Yeah,
1: there are a lot of dominoes that fall into place. Uh, James Fuller, the coach of the Jacksonville Sharks, with us. Uh, this is a successful organization, coach, over the last decade. I'm um, wearing a shirt, actually. It says Decade of Dominance for the Jacksonville Sharks. How well respected are the Sharks? You've been around the, the block a little bit when it comes to arena ball. How uh, respected are they?
2: Uh, very well respected. I think, um, you know, being the coach here and now being the head coach and and being able to communicate um you know with all the players which I haven't done in the past. Um you know I've been on other teams, other organizations and have been the head coach and and it seems it's a lot easier here in Jacksonville to get players, you know, for one, because of their uh, dominance because everybody knows that the organization is run, you know, as a top-notch organization. Everything we do, we try to be as professional as possible, um, you know, from the top to the bottom. And I think that's what makes Jacksonville uh, so well-respected within the community is just because they do do things on a high level.
0: Coach, you said it yourself, you know, obviously you've been on a few teams now and you've seen, you know, how the, the inner, inner workings work on each of those teams. When you talk about the Jacksonville Sharks, you're talking about a team who's had just so much success the past decade, like my co-host Brent just said. But to you, like, what is it? You know, I mean, you've seen behind the scenes a little bit. Now you're taking over as head coach. And I get talent is one thing. Talent makes a big difference. But in terms of the culture, like what kind of principles do you guys bring to the table to have so much, um, you know, I guess, s- success?
2: I think it's, you know, it's all around, you know, from, you know, the meals we feed the guys, you know, to the different things um, the organization does for the guys. Um, you know, other other organizations just don't have the kind of um, office staff that we have, you know, that, that work every day to, to try to make things better for not only the fans, but the players as well. So... You know when I was coaching against Jacksonville, of course, everybody hated Jacksonville because <laughs> you know I mean everybody thought Jacksonville had the best of this and the best of that and and it's not that we so much have the best of everything. I think that they just work extremely hard at making it the best you know um we go through our bumps like every other team, but you know when you're in the situation as a head coach, you can really see the difference from when you're on an, in another organization. Uh, to be in here in Jacksonville now, and, and it is a difference. I can definitely tell you that.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Coach, you have a couple minutes just to hang on while we're through this break. We'll yeah. ask you a couple more questions on the other side as we celebrate the Jacksonville Sharks and continue to celebrate local sports here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Coach James Fuller hanging on in uh, a couple more minutes with the head coach of the Jacksonville Sharks, the defending champs in the NAL, one of the most successful franchises the Arena League has seen. It's on the way on ESPN 690.